sort of churchy background, it's not surprising we're quite common, but uh, when you start thinking about some of the things about what is essential to be a church, it's, you start being challenged by that. So anyway, we'll, we'll, come, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. It's coming back to our passage on the other pen to point with. So, one of the questions I ask to myself sometimes is, is Christianity too easy? Is it too, too simple to become a Christian? You look at, there's no magic formula that's given in the, in the, in the Bible or anything to follow Jesus to become a Christian. You just, you just do it. If you look at Muslims, they have to pray five times a day. There's a process they have to go through for their, well, I don't know if they call it salvation or whatever, but they go through a set of rules. I know... Several years ago, we were on holiday in Tunisia, and we were in the, is it the Souk, the market, and we came to a stall and started um, bartering for, for something we thought would be nice to bring back home. And halfway through it, the, the mosque, which was next door, started crying out, calling people to prayer. And the guy we were bartering with suddenly said, oh, I've got to go to prayer, I'll be back in two minutes. So he disappeared, left us in charge of his shop, or his stand, and, well, not really, but we, we were sort of stood there wondering what was going on. Then a few minutes later, he came back and carried on bartering. And we eventually came to what we thought was a good deal. But apparently his prayer didn't help his spirituality because we reckon we were ripped off anyway. Because when we got back to the hotel, the things we bought, we could have bought cheaper in, a, in, the, in the hotel, which was quite unusual. So they, they have a set of things that they have to do to be, to be religious. Also, there's Ramadan. Which is is it Ramadan? Did anyone know if it's Ramadan now? Certainly, it was a few weeks ago. It's just finished. So in Ramadan, they have to fast through the days, hours of daylight, which in June must be pretty tough. Where it gets daylight four o'clock in the morning through to ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. I, I admire them for that. In the winter, it's probably still. I find it still challenging from sort of eight o'clock through to four. But I don't think I can manage that very well. But uh, uh, what, they, what they have to do is, is quite challenging, but it gives them a f- sense of being religious, I feel. It, it's something you can do to be, a, to be a, a Muslim. But we don't have anything like that for Christianity. God did it all for us. So why do we want more? If we look at the church in Colossae, Colossae, is that the right way of saying it? It was a young church, and there were several churches around it in the southwest corner of, of Turkey, it's quite a way away from the centre of Christianity um, in, in, I was going to say Rome, in Jerusalem. And Paul congratulates them on their faith that they were focused on Jesus. If you go back to several weeks to uh, chapter 2, verse 5. There goes my pen. Paul said, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith is in Christ is. So he was commending them for, for their faith and um, how they lived their life out. But there were some people in that church who were looking for a, a more of an expression, outward expression of their faith or a faith. Remember that this church or this, this town is surrounded by other religions and there's a Jewish heritage as well going through it. So People were trying to be more religious based on the things that were going on around them and the Jewish law and, and so on that they'd been brought up with. And, and we see Paul sort of bringing up the, the, the question of rules on eating and drinking and religious festivals and the Sabbath day. Now people all 
dis- discuss the, uh, um, following the Sabbath day even today, don't we? So <laughs> arguments about it. I can remember growing up with my, we used to go on holiday with my grandparents and Sunday was a day when nothing happened. It was, for a child, it was dead boring. You hated Sundays. But that's, that's been an argument for many, many years. But also these people are accused of worshipping angels, having visions and trances, and then boasting about what they've done, what they've seen. So they're getting into rather dangerous territory there. And then at the last verse of chapter 2, there's this physical... Paul, apart from the sexual... What's the wording it says? That Martin rather enjoyed... Yes, yes, we won't go too much into that. But it was all part of the ascetism, where they self-denial and self-mutilation, where they couldn't be, they were trying to force their bodies to be holy. And monks in the monasteries through the Middle Ages were very bad, but very strong on this, where they would punish themselves and whip themselves. They'd wear sackcloth and so on to make themselves uncomfortable, trying to be more holy. In fact, Martin Luther in the 16th century, this is a quote that I found in, on, on the web. So it says, Luther was extraordinarily successful as a monk. He plunged into prayer, fasting, and ascetic practices, going without sleep, enduring bone chilling cold without a blanket, and flag- flagellating himself. As he later, as he later committed, commented, if anyone could have earned heaven by the life of sorry, if anyone could have earned heaven by the life of a monk, it was I. So he was doing all these things to try and be more holy. But then after he had a revelation from God, he made the statement, At last, meditating day and night, by the mercy of God, I began to understand that the righteousness of God is that through which that, that which through the righteous live by a gift of God, namely by faith. Here I felt as if I were entirely born again and had entered paradise, although through, sorry, entered paradise itself through the gates that had been flung open. So here he's referring back to Ephesians 2, verse 8, where Paul talks about, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can, so that no man can boast. So this is the, maybe the complexity, more the, the simplicity of the, of, the, of the message that we have as Christians, is that God did it, it's a gift of God, it's not anything we can do it. But we still have something in our DNA that wants to, wants to be holy, wants to be religious. Somehow humans seem to default to it. If you go into the Old Testament, there's a story of Moses, when the Israelites, when he led the Israelites out through, from Egypt, through the river, um, no, the sea, what was it called? The Red Sea, that's right. And God had miraculously moved the sea back so they could walk across in dry land. Then on to the foot of the mountain where Moses went up to meet with God in the cloud. So they'd just seen this incredible miracle. And yet when Moses didn't come down for several days, they created their own God. They, weren't ha- they needed something to worship. And, and God, having done this great thing with getting them through the, through the um, water wasn't, wasn't good enough because he wasn't with them at that moment. So when Moses came down from the mountain, there they were, they'd created a god, they'd created a golden, car, a golden calf that they'd cast and were worshipping. Now we have to remember that God also gave the Jews the law. 
Ten Commandments that were given specifically on the, ten, on the tablets that Moses came down with. And more detailed rules that came out through the passages in the Old Testament. But these were basically trying to bring the, the Jewish people into relationship with God. But what they, that, that they were, it was breaking down the barrier of sin. And that was the only way that God could come into their presence. But the Jews got it wrong. God was looking for a relationship with them. He wanted to commune with them. But they had focused so much on the rules that that became the importance rather than the, rather than the relationship with God. What God was looking for, if you go back into the uh, Genesis story at the beginning, God has talked of as walking in the garden with Adam. And they were communicating together, they were fellowshipping together, they were talking about the creation. Look at this wonderful animal, look at this tree, look at this plant. And God and Adam were working together, enjoying each other's company. But when the sin came, that disappeared. Now Jesus restores that relationship with us so that we can have a relationship with God again. And Paul's message in this passage that we just read, that Martin just read, is don't let, I feel, that was important for today, is don't let anything come between you and God. In verse 19, it says, Those that want man-made religion lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it. So, who's the head? If we go back to Ephesians chapter 1... Verse 22, if I can find it. I can't read it. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So the head that was talked about there, where the, that these people were not being able to be in contact with is, 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 is Jesus, is, is Christ. And then in 23, it goes on to talk about the church in, as being his body on earth. So this image that Paul is giving is, is that the, on earth there's this thing which is known as the church, which is like a body, and it, you can almost see the ligaments and sinews and muscles and that being developed as the relationship with God develops over time. So if we work our muscles they get stronger so in the same way if we work our spiritual muscles by prayer and uh, reading the bible and just talking and being with god that will strengthen our our ligaments and sinews spiritually as well so verse 20 again going back to, to our passage so since you have died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Basically saying we are free. Jesus set us free. Today, maybe we're not so threatened by the same problems as they were in those days. Do we still have legalism? I think there are some places where it exists, where people don't want change. They want to impose new rules that aren't specified. In fact... Some of these things on this list that we've got here, people would possibly stand up and argue strongly in some churches that we have to have pews, or we have to have hymn books. I don't know what else we've got there. Or pulpit is probably quite a a, a, um, debate sometimes because there is a certain position of the preacher on a pulpit rather than standing in front and addressing the church. 
So in legalism, we probably still suffer from that. Maybe not here. I don't know. Maybe sometimes we do. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that discussion. What about mysticism? Probably taken as a laugh nowadays. People look at their horoscope or maybe do other things in the spiritual world without realising the, the, the danger that they're touching, the, the forces that they're getting in, in touch with. I'm not sure that too many people go around flogging themselves nowadays or wearing sackcloth and ashes and, and so on to, to make themselves more holy. But we do fast for 40 days before Lent. Um, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because its, it's intent is to improve our position with God. But you know, we are sort of making our bodies suffer to try and be more holy. But we're surrounded by many distractions. Colossae was a young church. We now have 2,000 years of history. There's been additions and amendments to the basic faith. In the first few centuries, the creeds were written to clarify what some of the disputes between different congregations were. They were arguing over, I can't remember what they were, but the creed, that the wording of the creed is basically just specifically saying this is what the faith is. And there were arguments at the time between different congregations that, wanted, that were going in different directions. And today we have numerous denominations of church. Each one has a slight difference in, in what they believe or the way they interpret certain parts of the Bible. But what is essential for church for us as Christians? We've got a list there of things that we felt was, was important. I wouldn't argue with most of what we we came up with, I think, was probably predictable for a church of our style, which was, which was good. It has a nice a lot of haves and would-like-to-haves in, in there, but as we, as we saw, the, the, the things we felt as essential were things like the risen Christ, I didn't make a note of what the other ones were, worship, prayer, which is probably fairly important. Well, people, yeah, people is quite important, isn't it? <laughs> and somewhere to put over your, so you've got something over your head. But the other things are all, a lot of those things are things that we've, we've added on to make ourselves comfortable or to make ourselves feel in some way a bit more special. Is a, is a photocopier essential to be a church? Probably not. But the message that, that Paul is giving us in this, and he was given to the Colossian church, and which we can take now, is to keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And beware of anything that distracts us from him and from following the faith that was basic, that he, he, he died for and he led us into. So, shall we just pray for a moment? Father God, we just thank you for the gift of Jesus. We just thank you that we don't have to do the, all these strange things to make ourselves worthy of you, that you sent Jesus to do that for us. Just help us to focus on that and not get distracted by other expectations, by false teaching and rules and so on, which are imposed, try to be imposed, which don't lead us closer to you or which obliterate in some ways our view of you. Help us to focus on you and to feel your presence and your love in our lives. Amen.